This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Well, welcome back to Worship God. My name is Rob. I'm one of the associate pastors at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Aurelia, Ontario. And today I'm joined by my good friends, Jody Cross, who is the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario, and Pat Sabell, the worship pastor at Midtown Church in Vancouver, BC. Brothers, thanks for being here on the episode today. Oh, see you, glad Rob. to be here. Good to see you, Pat. Good to see you. Good to be back with you guys. Yes, well... Jody and I were just 30 minutes ago together in person again, which was great. And I was just lamenting like, Jody, we live 30 minutes from one another and yet we still can't seem to clinch getting in the same room enough. <laughs> you might as well live in BC, you know, <laughs> this will have to do for now. That's it. Absolutely. Well, we want to welcome you back to the podcast and this is going to be kind of our final episode for the summer and um, just kind of God willing, we'll come back in the fall. But, you know, I've been kind of thinking about how much stuff we have discussed on the podcast over the past few years. You know, we've talked about songwriting. We've talked about how to add or subtract worship team members. We've talked about the Lord's Supper. Uh, We've talked about raising up the next generation and so many more topics. And it kind of made me realize that there is like a myriad of aspects to the role of a worship leader. Um, And maybe some of you aren't worship pastors or in full-time worship ministry, but you're leading worship. And there's a lot of things that you have to juggle. And we're sifting through songs that are released every year. And we're trying to find the next new song of what are we going to teach our church? We're trying to keep our seniors happy and trying to keep our senior pastor happy. And we're trying to keep the young folks happy. And a lot of the time, kind of worship ministry can seem like a, a crazy balancing act. And... Sometimes what that can do is it can cause us to lose sight of the simplicity of what we're trying to do when we gather um, as a church on Sundays and in our corporate gatherings. And so we wanted to talk about that today, the simplicity of really what we're called to do as worship leaders. And you know, guys, it was making me think of uh, the classic passage in Hebrews 10 that talks about how we're to stir up, we're gonna consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And this is like a beautifully simple kind of idea of what are we doing when we get together? We're trying to encourage one another and stir up one another to love and good works and obviously glorify God in the process. And so, just as we begin this conversation, guys, I'm wondering, what do you think the need is, is the of the average congregation, a person that, who's coming on Sunday? What's where are they at in their headspace? What are they telling themselves as they come to church on any given Sunday? What do you guys think? Oh man, I mean, I th- I think some of our greatest dangers, uh, guys, is that we we don't think. <laughs> uh, there's there's uh, often very little thought I think that goes into uh, we've just become really good at at um, what we do we we go to church on Sunday uh, it's what we do um, you know we attend <clears throat> um, a little bit maybe like autopilot or cruise control um, and I think that often there's 
there's uh, a lack of expectancy, a lack of um, awareness. Um, you know, for a lot of years, I remember with my family, Saturday night was a, was a preparation time. And, you know, whether it was ironing the shirts and getting everything ready in, in the evening and, and sitting down with the kids and say, hey, guess what? Tomorrow morning is a special and, and and thinking about that even just for this podcast and it's been quite some time since I've actually done that with my kids um, but I, but I wonder if there's something missing in that whole you know um, Sunday is a special means of God's grace where God's people gather to 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 encounter God afresh to meet with God um, you know I was thinking of a a, a quote by Mar- Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and it's the quote is for preachers, um, but I think I think there's something in that quote that that is for every congregant and everybody that's that's gathering on Sunday, and I'll read just a bit of it. But he he says this. He says, "Seek him, seek him. What can we do without him?" <laughs> think about the average congregant if they were seeking him, seeking him, realizing that. What, what can we do without him? And then he says, seek him, seek him always, but go beyond seeking him, expect him. Do not, do, or he says, do you expect anything to happen to you when you get up to preach in a pulpit? I would say, do we expect anything to happen to us when we gather as mm. saints of God on Sunday morning? Seek, seek this power, he says. Expect this power. Yearn for this power. And when this power comes, yield to him. <laughs> I, I, there's just this thought that, that if, if everyone in our church thought of we're going to meet with God in, in that way, where we were seeking him throughout the week, we were expecting him, expecting his power to be present in a way that... Um, that, that, that we were yearning for, longing for that power. Um, I, I wonder if there would just be such a radical transformation mm. in how we think about our gatherings. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, Pat, that's, that just speaks of the whole issue of faith and God rewards faith and God moves when we, we expect him to do great things. Rob, as you were asking that question, I was thinking um, dominant thought for people's minds is don't be late. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, I hope we get there in time and enough to get the kids checked in on time and that the service hasn't started yet. And that's that's not sort of leaning in mode. That's that's panic mode. That's a sense of yeah. Hey, we you know this whole day could be started off poorly. And um, if it's not that, I was thinking another thought would be: Is the service going to be any good? Am I going to like the sermon today? Am I going to know the songs? Am I going to like the songs? And that's this is whole of um, if the first scenario was like panic chaos mentality than this one is consumer mentality mm-hmm. and that stuff is like just big water you know poured on the fire of of a heart that's ready to receive and um it's just a big blanket so uh similar to what pat was saying uh, i think you know one of the things i wonder how many people have these things in mind a hunger a hunger and a thirsting jesus talks mm-hmm. about how there's a blessedness when you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness a hunger to hear the word preached or just a longing to <coughs> I'm going to get to stand up beside brothers and sisters and lend my voice to to the chorus and to the symphony mm-hmm. of praise that's going to be lifted. And then just a, a wonder of what God is going to to say to me, what he's going to do in me, and how he might use me to touch someone else's life. Like those are very different those are very different ponderings 
than just yeah. surviving and getting there. Yeah. I do wonder if perhaps part of the reason why our people aren't prepared and aren't kind of like we've been talking about coming ready and eager for our worship gatherings is because we've clouded um, what's really supposed to be happening at the gathering. Uh, it's It's gotten kind of convoluted. It can become convoluted at times. So when we haven't week by week accurately and clearly um, come together in that kind of um, intentional way, people kind of now they're like, they don't really know why they're coming. Like, Oh, one person it's singing and one person, maybe it's a good sermon or one person it's this, but, but I'm wondering guys, what are some ways that you have found over the years, maybe in yourself, like as bad habits or maybe in what you see in, in, in the greater Christian world, what are some ways in which you've seen us cloud the purposes the purpose of our gatherings of worship mm. and our gatherings together. What are some ways you've noticed we've clouded the purpose? If I'm not clear on what I'm doing, if I, you know, if I don't know where my destination is, I'm going to set out very likely in the wrong direction. And then I lead people in coming in the wrong direction with me. It might be close. It might look similar, but it might not end in the spot that it's, it's supposed to end, which is on the person mm. of Christ. And <clears throat> thinking of, um, of you know the statements in scripture says one thing psalm 27 one thing i seek and jesus says mm. in um, luke chapter 10 one thing is needful mm. you know the apostle paul's one thing is is pressing on to know christ and so if we get clarity on those one things ultimately all those one things the answer is jesus and seeking mm. him and I think if I'm unprepared, if I don't know where I'm going, if I'm unprepared in what I'm doing, even maybe I have the, the purpose clear, but if I'm not prepared, then there's going to be cloudiness. Mm. And uh, perhaps one more would be that if I'm leading other people to, to follow Christ, mm-hmm. if, um, if I'm doing what I'm trying to do in my own strength and not relying on the Lord, I will definitely lead people off course and we will not end up in the place where, where God wants us to be. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I was just thinking often, um, you know, the safety of a plan uh, to stick with our own plan and and m- maybe miss a spontaneous spirit led moment. I I had one of those this past Sunday, guys. Um, hmm. uh, Norm had just finished preaching, and um, we we went into a response time and. We were singing, and 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 we were singing a song called One Name, and the bridge is Jesus' name above all names, Jesus. And we just uh, had that that we were going through the Ten Commandments: "You shall have no other gods before you." Or, um, and and we were singing the bridge, Jesus' name above all names, Jesus. And uh, and I just had a sense that there's a lot of people that were just like that name is not. I don't value that name or treasure that name above mm. every other name, um, <clears throat> and I, I I really fumbled. I was I felt just unprepared, um, although like a sense of like I should do something, but mm. but but was almost afraid to go off script or to to not stick with the plan. We had three songs. Mm. We do this is what we do. Stay with this. And and I think often um, we we miss the moment when we're when we're not prepared. And I think I think I came away from that feeling like there wasn't that seeking him, seeking him, expecting him, 
which which led me to to go i'm staying with safety i'm i'm mm. say you know safety first <laughs> um yeah. and 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 in that moment i was leaning to my own understanding uh i wasn't acknowledging him in all my ways um and and i think often you know that's a danger of what we do guys we 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 want to do what we know well we want to stay within the 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 lines of what we have uh created um you know more caught up with music arrangements and more more about the music than we are the truths that we're supposed to be engaging in and helping mm. others engage in um and so yeah i i think that's it for me i, I feel like there's uh i i can cloud uh that the the purpose of worship in our gatherings by by wanting to stay in in the safe zone <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah i think that the there's a heart posture that we need as worship leaders to be ready in those moments and anticipate that hey the lord might do something and move and i got to be ready to pivot and i got to be ready to follow and lead in that and so if my heart hasn't been primed and pumped and ready for those moments in a gathering then yeah when i go off script it's like oh your hands just clench the wheel tighter as opposed to going all right lean into the skid you know right. and let's let's follow the lord and that's a prepare that's that's a clouding of of kind of the purpose that the lord might do that I, I was thinking about. Oh, is, sorry, is I was just going to say it's not to say that the Lord isn't in our planning as well. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. want to err on saying that we don't plan, but but what, when we plan, um, do we also expect Him to to come and and possibly want to do something outside of our plan? And I mm. think that's yeah. the, that's that's the danger. I think I've fallen. I've I've gotten better at really liking my plan uh, mm. so much so often that I don't need the Lord. Um, and that's a danger. Yeah. I like to say, uh, God, do something, or God, you have permission to color outside the lines, to go beyond the script that we've created. I mean, scripts are important. And as you said, there's prayer and there's planning that went into that script. But God, you have right. uh, ultimate sovereign authority to break that script apart and to do right. something that's not on that page. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking about... I was reading through um, Sing by Keith <coughs> Getty, and he makes a point interesting there about how often great art and creativity requires simplicity. Mm-hmm. And he, he gives this illustration of Gordon Ramsay, who, well, in his show, I think Kitchen Nightmares, what he'll do is he'll go to these like kitchens, these restaurants that are just in mayhem, and it's they have a menu that's got Italian food, and then Greek food, and then American burgers, and then Chinese food, and he's it's just ridiculous. You can't do all those things well. And so he goes and he kind of shrinks down the menu and makes them simple. And um, the idea is sometimes we need to simplify what we're doing in our, in our gatherings because it's, it, we're, we're, we're clouding things by not being focused enough. And I don't mean, oh, you, you know, cut your offering and cut the Lord's table. I'm just meaning in terms of the focus of why we're there, mm. let's really laser focus in on, on this one thing. And that is we're here to glorify Christ and we're here to show Christ to our people and enjoy him. And in that we're equipped and, and edified. Mm. Um, guys, in Matt Merker's book, Corporate Worship, he says on page 64, we become like we worship. 
If we serve idols, we'll end up like them, powerless, purposeless, worthless, Psalm 115.8. But, as a, but if a, as a congregation beholds the true God through corporate worship, characterized by gravity, gladness and gratitude, it will become more and more like him. And, and so he's hitting on this idea here that one of my um, lead pastors used to say, which was, there's a sense that what we win people with, we win them too. Um, we can unintentionally, therefore, divert glory from Jesus, sometimes by well-meaning decisions we make in our in our gatherings. And what we win them with, we might end up, you know, winning them too. And so, I'm wondering, guys, what might be some symptoms of what it looks like to have a man-centered gathering? You know, instead of having a gathering where we're simply enjoying Christ together. Um, it, that simple goal. What, what have we won people to in some cases? What might be some things you guys would say? This is what that would look like. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at your, your quote here from Matt and, you know, that whole thought of powerless, purposeless, and worthless. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking of uh, Matt Redman's song, Coming Back to a Heart of Worship. And he has a line in there, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. And, um, man, this is a crazy time for this podcast because I feel like I've been uh, uh, under deep conviction in my own soul in the last three or four days. Um, mm. Just feeling like, what what have I made it? You know, what, have I, what am I building? What am I constructing here at Midtown? Um, is is it my passion to to point people to Christ? Um, and I, I think the the crazy part is, I would consider myself and what we do here at Midtown is a Christ centered church. That that my liturgy would be very Christ centered. And the 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 danger though is, can we be that Christ centered and yet? our hearts be disengaged mm. and uh that that's where i feel like i've been lately is in the last few days in particular is that i feel like there is there is a longing to to be christ-centered yet um often uh, i feel like we we are um yeah we're we're missing we're missing that because maybe the the words of Jesus that these people draws near to me with their mm-hmm. lips but their their heart is disengaged and mm-hmm. to to all worship leaders that are listening and tuning in right now um, there's a lot of stuff that that goes on in a weekly basis in our life that we can just we can do this because we know how to do this um, you know I was preparing my liturgy this morning in a coffee shop and and just mindful that here I go again <laughs> you know I know how to do this uh, mm. and I can do it to the letter to the law but I can I can or I can do it in a way that that uh, I want to show Christ um, mm. and I think that's that's where we have to, that's where we have to be we have to we have to say man what are what are we making this and, and mm. what are we doing in a way that is causing people to to come on Sunday and go through the motions like we are 
Uh, maybe they're going through the motions because we're going through the motions. Uh, right. I don't know. I'm just, mm. I'm, I'm asking some hard questions of my own soul in the last few days and grateful that for this podcast. Mm. Well, it reminds me of um, what Job says at the end of his book. He talks about, you know, uh, I may not be able to find the quote right on time, but he talks about, oh, here you have 42 verse five. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, mm. but now my eye sees you. Mm. And there's a sense in which we can have a sense of Christ and 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 hear of Him, but there's a difference between when we see Him, right. and and I think that that comes. I've been reading deeper by Dane Ortland, and and one of his big ideas is you know the way that we grow is is not by learning more new things; it's by going deeper into the gospel, going deeper into what we know. And I think part of the worship leader's job is staring deeply into the the heart of Christ day after day, morning after morning, moment after moment, and loving him more than before mm-hmm. and enjoying him more than before and and weeping with the affection we have for him more and more. And I think when we do that, um, that's when we know we're not making something that we have to write a song about and say, mm-hmm. Lord, what have I made it? <laughs> you right, know, right. We're, we're providing people with, Christ himself, because that's, that's all that we're looking at. Jody, what, what mm. would you say? Yeah, it's so easy to get off track. It's like that fulcrum point. You know, you finally get this balance point in your life. It's like, oh, my life is perfectly balanced. Well, I'll give it 24 hours and it's tipped. Yeah. And if I think at times we do have that focus, <clears throat> that laser focus on Christ. And, you know, you get sick for three days and that's out the window. It just reminds me that this is why this particular podcast topic is so important, because maybe we learned it two weeks ago or two years ago. But I need to be reminded of it today, and as yeah. Pat mm. just said, for this Sunday as well. And uh, just, I want to reference a couple of books. If uh, this is the book that um, Rob was just referring to by Matt Merker called Corporate Worship, that's an excellent little book, 150 pages. And then this book uh, is called Habits of Grace. Mm. Uh, I'm not paid to by the company, by the way, but this is uh, David <laughs> Mathis. We got to fix that. He <laughs> <laughs> should be a sales rep. Yeah. And but the subtitle of this book is called Enjoying Jesus through the spiritual disciplines. And and that book particularly is talking about spiritual disciplines, which he calls means of grace. And he says, the ends of the means of grace is to enjoy and savor Jesus. So if there's somebody listening who goes, I need to come back to the heart of worship, who is the person of Jesus, this is a, a good summer read for you. And uh, that corporate worship book could be good to help shape your, your corporate liturgy. Uh, and I think part of, part of what happens is that um, if we don't know the meta narrative of scripture, Rob, you and I were recently in a meeting mm. that just said, we need to know the grand story of the Bible. Mm. And the grand story of the Bible is is the glory of God in how in his rescue plan for a broken world, he sent Christ to to take us out of exile and to bring us home. Mm. And who is the, the chief player in that? It's, it's Jesus Christ and what he's finished on the cross for us and what he gives to us by grace. And so that's, that's why this is the central theme. And I'm concerned that that we give people substitutes. It's easy to lose Jesus in the music. It's easy mm. to lose Jesus in the musicians or in the arrangements. It's easy to lose Jesus in our plans. And it's it's real easy if you walk into a church and they do churchy things, they sing churchy songs, they pray prayers. And if, if it's not centered in Christ, there may be some spiritual good, but there's something missing if we don't mm. show them Christ, which is really the title of our our podcast today. Um, and so it's easy to, to miss that with substitutes. I remember seeing a, 
a little phrase on a board one day uh, many years ago. It said, God, don't let me lose my appetite for you by feeding on the junk food of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we can just make a kind of a parallel that, you know, we can think people or we can um, fool people and help them think that they're being fed spiritually, but we haven't fed them the right food. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we don't begin with the greatness and the glory of God is the reason we gather, if it's because of, you know, a party, celebration, great worship team, whatever. And one practical thing is, just back to what Pat said earlier, we can, I think we can squish out or shove out these moments where there's no pause moments, there's no stillness and silence in our liturgy. And that's just a really easy thing for a worship team to plan because it doesn't take any planning. Just don't do it. Just be quiet and stop. And those moments where we we rest and we focus again on Christ and just let the Spirit speak. Um, and, um, you know, the other thing I would say is that uh, if we are just um, checking off boxes and feel like we're working through the order but not stopping and considering why we're doing what we're doing. Hmm. I think one thing that I've, I've been growing convicted about recently is I think there's a good heart that we have in our churches where it's like, hey, how do we serve our people the best? What do our people need? What do our people like? And how do we lean into that stuff stylistically? How do we lean into stuff like, you know, all these people don't really like super liturgical, so we're not going to do that. Or maybe it's like, oh, these people are super liturgical, so we're going to do that. And we're like almost appealing to what our people want for our liturgies Mm. and letting the desires of the crowd shape too much what we're doing. I think there can be a danger in that as well mm-hmm. where we're not, you know, you don't let the sheep lead the shepherd. Like, you know, the, the shepherd's got to lead the sheep to right paths. And it's like, yeah, if we listen to our kids all the time about what to feed them, it would be big Macs every night and they'd be well fed, but they'd be malnourished. They'd be unhealthy. And so as leaders, we've got to make sure that when Christ is centered, like when Christ is the focus of what we're doing, um, a lot of these decisions get made for us. A lot of these decisions about, well, what should we pray? What song should we sing? Um, A lot of these things kind of fall into place. And I think that when we start allowing very good and noble things, like how do we love our people and how do we make sure that everybody feels included Sometimes also we can kind of get off track and find that we're clouding the purpose of worship. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, guys, kind of towards as we're wrapping this episode up, you know, we've been through a two-year shakeup because of COVID, and it's provided opportunity for us to sit back and kind of reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And I find so many people have come out of COVID saying, oh man, yeah, we need to do things differently. And then I've found that most people have fallen right back into their rhythms, you know. What are some things that you learned throughout COVID that has now shaped how you plan your gatherings to be more Christ-focused? I think there is, um, I think we we expected this and we longed for people to have missed singing and missed being together corporately. And that's a whole other discussion on how, how actually much did people appreciate that when they got back together. But I do, I do see a hungering in our congregation that people uh, sincerely want to be in community. And one of the things that helps as a worship planner is to uh, just step back and to allow people to sing without much accompaniment. So as just to allow their voices to, it's a simple thing, but they hear and they get to lift their voice and they get to hear the people beside them and they go, I'm part of something bigger than me. Uh, I'm part of the body corporately. 
uh, worship is a is a corporate gathering, and and just to make sure as we're talking practically that our songs are focused on on the gospel story, things like you know Living Hope, King of Kings, or Behold the Lamb. It's three three songs I thought of quickly. That those songs are inherently front and center as part of part of what we do in terms of our worship planning that those songs example you know they really do tell the gospel story there's another song we've referred to before uh, behold him by paul balash it's a new one but I, I love those songs that actually tell tell the story and tell of his coming his dying his rising and his his ascension and his coming back for us and what that means to us yeah i, I mean i think a little bit that that covid and the, the last couple of years just i it maybe in in my life uh, has has made me maybe even a little bit more mechanical because we were, were we were running to a script uh, with video feeds and live stream and all this kind of stuff and um, and I agree with Jody I think there is a, a a greater expectancy and a joy in people's hearts that we're back together and we're we're worshiping together uh, the danger for for us that are leading is that maybe we're still thinking we're we're, uh, we're this is all about you know the, the live stream and the video and and keeping everything neat and tidy and tight um, and so um, yeah just just to encourage uh, all that are listening that um, if if we don't have Christ at the center and if he's not uh, both in our the way that we demonstrate in in our leading and in our proclamation then then we are no different than a a rotary club or um we we have nothing apart from him we have nothing and so um we we need christ we need to be with jesus in a way that um that when we plan and when we script and when we do all these things uh it is evident that we've been with jesus mm-hmm. um and and that's that's uh just a, a fresh new passion and longing over the last few days walking uh, up in whistler taking some long walks and just uh saying to the lord how desperate i am for him and how needy i am for him um that that i would there'd be something of my worship leading that says to people this guy's legit uh he's legit not because he's a gifted musician or not because he's you know, well planned, but he there's something about him that that drips of having been with Christ. And uh, mm. guys, that's what we need more than anything else. Our people need to see it. They need to 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 see that we're believable because whether whether we're on the stage or we're in private, um, there's something of our life that is that uh, that is um, sp- smells of the fragrance of Christ. Mm. Yeah, amen. So guys, what might you recommend? So what what suggestion would you give a worship leader who's going to take the next few months this summer and just go, okay, I'm, I'm hearing this. I want my gathering to be more Christ-centered. Um, what are some suggestions you'd give them as they go this summer and ponder and want to make some changes in the fall? What would you, what would you suggest? Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about some impediments and some lacking and first one that comes to my mind is just repentance. Lord, I'm not who I should be. I'm not where I want to be. And realizing the fact that we cannot lead other people where we aren't going or where we haven't been. And so 
God is, is wonderfully gracious when we repent and when we confess that we, you know, prone to wander, feel it, mm. and we've wandered and just ask the Lord to do a work in us to, to bring us back again and again. And that's just what God does by his grace. He brings us back repeatedly. And then that's the first place I would start. And um, I think just growing in our own wonder of the cross, I think of uh, C.J. Mahaney's book, uh, Living the Cross-Centered Life, or a book by John Stott, uh, The Cross of Christ. And being re- reawakened in the wonder mm-hmm. of the cross and what Jesus has done for us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's got to be burning in our souls. And then just taking things like the musical preparation and the service planning, which we want to maintain as an excellent work, because that's in itself a, an offering of worship to the Lord. But then saying we're going to ensure that, that the heart preparation and the wonder on uh, the fixation of the glory of Christ is greater than just doing the service well and mechanically working through it well, making sure that's our first goal and motivation. And then I think final thing I would say is just praying, praying that that people would see Christ. You know, we would hide behind the cross. We would not want to be um, the one that's being seen. People wouldn't say great things about us, but they would see say great things about Christ. Mm. And uh, particular as we come to communion services, um, that they would see him and uh, they would be in awe and in love with who he is. I think uh, our greatest temptation is to be ministry junkies. And what I mean by that is that we, we, uh, we're, we, get, a, we get a fix, as it were, uh, doing ministry. Uh, and yet we can do ministry uh, apart from the Lord. And um, I, I had, about four years ago, had a bit of a crash in my life, and I took a break, and I was seeing a, a biblical counselor. And, um, and for f- four months, I didn't attend my church because I was the lead pastor at that mm-hmm. time and would go to different churches on Sunday. And Sunday was my miserablest day of the week. I would come home from being at these churches, and I would bark at my wife and growl and snarl at my kids and had a really bad attitude and and I would go see this biblical counselor and I would say man I don't know what it is but Sunday's just like the worst day of my week and and he goes oh I I know what's going on and and so he he introduced the term ministry junkie he said you've become a ministry junkie where you don't even know how to just sit and sit in the presence of God and just enjoy the people of God and the worship of God. You, mm. you know, the, the, the ministry flows through your veins in such a way for years and years and years. And I think that's a danger for all of us is that we, we just, uh, we're, we're so good at this. We, we almost crave it and we crave to do it well and we crave that arrangements are right and we crave all this stuff but in the end when when we have all that and we don't have Christ we we're we're doing a disservice and i was thinking of that text in 1 Corinthians 14 where it says the unbeliever you know will be in in your your midst and and they'll fall down and say surely the lord is in this place mm. um, that doesn't happen from that doesn't come from ministry junkies or people who are <laughs> committed to just doing things with excellence, but that comes from a people that 
have been expecting, expecting, seeking, 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 and expecting. And when he comes, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're ready for for him to to be manifest, to be glorified, to be honored in their in their midst. And when that takes mm-hmm. place, um, I think we're going to see things that we've we've longed to see and. There's just a renewed sense in my heart, and I know, I know in your guys as well. Just we, we, we want Christ. We want Christ. We want to show Christ um, in a way that our churches are, are, are in love with Jesus afresh. But I think there's a good question and a good audit in there. You know, do I love the feeling of a great service? the feeling of preaching a great word that I feel like people resonated with? Do I love the feeling of a, a liturgy that felt cohesive? Do I love the feeling of a great gathering more than mm-hmm. Jesus? You know, more than, no, I, I left today joyful because I saw Jesus again afresh mm-hmm. and I love him. And whenever I see him, I'm just overjoyed. And oh yeah, the song sucked because I butchered the bridge because I was weeping and I went off. But man, what a great morning because we saw Jesus, you know? Um, I think that there's an audit there. We got to look and ask ourselves that question. What do we love more? Do we love the ministry more? Do we love a great morning, a gr- like a well-catered service? Is that really what we're f- finding joy in more than we're finding joy in just a, a fresh reminder of our joint salvation in Christ. Mm. And if that's true, man, we got to get back. We got to get back to the first love. Mm. Um, we got to, we got to remember again <laughs> who mm-hmm. Jesus is. Cause that's when we see Jesus, we can show Jesus. Mm. Well, thank you everybody for joining, joining us on this episode. We're so thankful for this podcast and we're so thankful for the time that you give to, to listen and to partake with us. Lord willing, we'll be back in the fall. Pat, Jody, brothers, thank you so much for your ministry here. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.